right there. That's some hip music, isn't it? I know. I was slapping my fingers. <laughs> hey, folks, I'm Cheryl Head, and I'm co-hosting today, Authors on the Air. It was a surprise to me that I was co-hosting. I'm happy to be doing it, though, because I get to talk to the fabulous Kelly Garrett about her new book and about some other things. And let me introduce her formally. Kelly Garrett is an award-winning crime fiction author, community builder, and advocate for marginalized voices in the publishing landscape. Her 2017 debut novel, the first in the, the, the Detective by Day series, is Hollywood Homicide, winner of the Agatha Award, the Lefty Award, the Anthony Award, among other acclaim. Her second book, Hollywood Ending, was named 2018's Best Mystery by Suspense Magazine, Book Riot, Crime Reads, and was a Today Show's Best Summer Reads, and also nominated for the Anthony and Lefty Awards. Kelly is the co-founder of Crime Writers of Color. I'm a proud member, and she serves on the Sisters in Crime National Board. Her latest novel is Like a Sister, and it's a riveting, hip, contemporary crime fiction novel about family secrets, loyalty, and the persistence of love. Kelly, welcome to Authors Thank on the Air. Thank you. Cheryl yes. remixed my, my bio. I liked it. I feel that. <laughs> like, send that to me, please. I can steal Absolutely. the remix. I, I know you've been just traveling all over the place getting ready for this. So, I, you know, you have more stamina than I. I've been seeing you a lot of places. But this I is did. I did two um, trips. I was on like eight airplanes, like, oh like in like seven days. So yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been a lot. <laughs> I don't know if I could do that. Um, I'm going to ask you uh, a few questions about this. I've looked at some of your inter other interviews that I don't want to ask you the same thing. I know you must be tired of talking about the book now. No, talking yeah. about myself. I, I love the book, but myself, yeah. Yeah. Well, here's the cover. It's a beautiful cover, like a sister, her brand new novel that came out just this month. Um, this first question is, this is sort of a departure for you because your first series, the Detective by Day series, was more of a traditional mystery. And this one is more of a suspense, domestic suspense. I really enjoyed it. Um, what were you setting out to prove to yourself or to your readers about taking a departure? Well, um, so I had a, two books in a series um, and I found out my publisher was closing um, when I was working on the third book. And so I was kind of like, okay, this is almost like a forced career reset. But I was yeah. kind of like, it was sad, but also it was good because that meant I could do whatever I wanted to do. Right. It's kind of like, and I had been reading a lot of domestic suspense, like Megan Miranda, Laurie Raider Day, um, and just like really enjoying it. And so I was like, you know what? They need, they need some black girl magic in domestic suspense and so i had the idea and i was like let me let me go for it let me try it you know and i did not write it under contract or i had no idea if it would ever see the light of day you know i did sell it on a proposal but like when i started it i had no idea it would wow. eventually become this book this, with that's this pretty really cover cool. that's excellent yeah. it's, it's a great yeah. book i love it um speaking of both of your books how would you compare your protagonist in this book lena scott to your protagonist in your series uh uh, Dana Day. Um, the, to me, they had a few similarities, but I wondered what you thought about what they have in common and how they differ. Um, I think, I mean, they're both black women in their twenties. Um, yeah. The day books are meant to be heightened reality. Um, so I think Dana, you know, she gets into some situations that I would never get into, you know, <laughs> like, um, and like she's chasing bad guys down the street. She's doing a lot of, you know, stuff that, you know, kind of Stephanie Plum type stuff, Jenna yeah. Ivanovich. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, it's still first person. She's still very sarcastic. I think she's 
a more a little more funny than Alina is. You know, oh. Alina is um also sarcastic. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and she, you know, she's kind of driven a bit more by family, you mm-hmm. know, and um I think Lena's, you know, Lena's a little bit a bit more broken than uh, I think uh, Dana is. You That's know? interesting. I hadn't thought about so. it that way. I love the wisecracking that both of them do, though. They're both very witty. Brilliant. They're so brilliant. So uh, I like the two sisters kind of dichotomy of their estrangement. So they haven't really talked to each other in a couple of years or seen right, each like other a sister, yeah. in a couple of years. Um, at the same time, you know, you drop these little nuggets throughout the book that, at least for me, made me see how very close they are, you know, and how much she's in sync, was in sync with her sister, yeah. the way she felt and the way she thought. Right. Um, what, what were you trying to say about that family dynamic? I mean, I, I have two sisters. I think if you read the book, it's dedicated to my two sisters. Yeah. It says, I love you even when I hate you. And I know yeah. the feeling is mutual. And yes. I think if you have sisters, you're like, I have sisters. Like, yeah, you, you understand, right? And my mom has three sisters and my grandmother had four sisters. And so um, I understand sister dynamics. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's a little different than, you know, sister brother. Because I have a brother too. Yeah. Um, it's just different, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I just think it's, interesting how you know family can frustrate you but of course you still you're still going to have their back right and i think lena says in the book she never even though she never she stopped talking to her she she still like never thought she'd never see her again right right you know um and so she's kind of dealing with that guilt of Mm -hmm. obviously my sister needed me and i was not there for her Mm -hmm. and almost every person she comes across says oh she talks about you all the time she's you know i mean they really had a they were in sync, even though yeah. they were separated. So what I haven't asked you to do is do a, like, like a little thumbnail description of what this novel is about. Um, I, 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 I stink <laughs> at this. I've been doing interviews all month and I still yeah. have not nailed this, but yeah. I can just tell you the idea. So I got the idea from an actual New York Daily News headline. It said pregnant reality star found dead at 26 in Bronx with cocaine and no pants on. And um which is it's a very odd brand headline for the Daily News, mm. and I saw it. I said, "That's a that's a that's a um, that's a book, right?" <laughs> right. And uh, I just was curious, like, how did this glamorous reality star go from partying it up in downtown Manhattan to dying alone on a street corner in the Bronx? And I was walking down the street one day, and I go, "Oh, she was going to see her sister, and she never made it." That just came and to so, me. Yeah, it just wow. came to me, and it and so. Um, like that first line is, I found out my sister was back in New York from Instagram. Mm-hmm. I found out she died from from the New York Daily News, mm-hmm. and that's the first thing I wrote. And it, mm-hmm. it's like that first chapter flowed out of me. The rest of the book did not, but the first mm-hmm. chapter flowed out of me. Mm-hmm. And so that's the story. It's, it's Lena Scott, and she just knows her little sister, who she has not talked to um, in two years, um, was coming to see her, never made it, and she wants to know why. And mm-hmm. she, she doesn't buy that it was just an overdose, like the mm-hmm. piece that everyone else wants to dismiss it as. She thinks something else happened. So. Mm-hmm. And I like that she's so persistent. You know, she yeah. even even though she might doubt herself a couple times, then she goes like, no, mm-mm. That's my black woman persistence, right? And I was going to ask you about that. So you talk about this a couple, a few times in the book, you name it, super black woman. What's that that persona mean to you? I think we've talked about this kind of in real life. That yeah, I think we all, it's its that strong black woman. We take care of everybody. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But that's my Alexa going off. Um, <laughs> we take care of everybody, but like no one wants to take care of us. You know, no one has the same empathy that we give other people. Mm-hmm. They don't mm-hmm. give that to us. And mm-hmm. I think 
like I think I was saying this yesterday in my last interview that like you think about the 2020 election, the joke was black women are going to save us. Right, you know, right. you see Abrams did, but like, that's the joke. And that's the joke is black women are going to save everybody. But who's yeah. black women? Like who saves black women? Like no one wants to save a black woman. Right. That's you know? Right. And so that's the whole thing. But also at the same time, that's the strong black woman label is something that we also put on ourselves. Cause I don't yeah. think we allow ourselves to be vulnerable mm-hmm. a lot of the time. So we should be. Are you kind of sick of carrying around the burden of that label? I mean, I'm, I've gotten better at being admitting when I'm not okay. And I think part of it has been because of the pandemic, you know, and I think it's been hard on everybody and just to kind of admit that I'm not okay. You know, and I, I had my grandfather passed away and I was really close to him. He passed away Mm -hmm. um, last year and after being sick for a half a year. And so like, I have to be like, I'm not okay. And I don't want to admit that. Hmm. I still don't want to admit that, you know, and even when I admit, I hate that I'm admitting that I'm, I'm weak. I feel like I'm weak. You know, I, I, know I, sh- I can't be weak. Yeah, I know um, what you mean. I, I have some of that too. But yeah. I also know about you that you're the kind of the go-to person. People are always calling you and texting you. Asking for help. And what do you think of this? You know, so, I mean, people think that of you. Because I think you give it off, you know, your your competence. <laughs> I, don't, yeah, I don't know what it is about me that says, oh, Kelly knows. Kelly yeah, can handle me. this. I mean, I'm proud. I'm happy to help people. Like I, yeah. people have helped me in the past. So yeah. I'm happy to help you. And yeah. I know like you're like, you, you would help me too. Like if I need help, you're going to help me. So I think I don't mind being the go-to person for mo- 99.9% of the time. Sometimes okay. like, you know, what, leave me alone. Um, yeah. But but that's the thing, you know, and I'm, I'm happy to, to be that person to help mm-hmm. others. So. And balancing that with self-care that you have to do. I, I think, and that's what I've gotten better at is saying no. And even just be like, I don't need to give a reason. Right. There you go. Just going to no, say no not. to this. I'm going to say no because you can't. I'm not going to apologize for it. I'm just going to say, I this is not for me. Thank Good you. for you. That's a, that's a hard lesson to learn for almost anybody. Yeah. Yeah. It's so hard. It's so hard. So Laura Lippman said about your book, something I really love. And so her quote was that your book has razor sharp insights on class, race, and family. I think that's so true. Um, as I was reading it, I was thinking, you know, laughing. So my partner was going like, what are you laughing about? <laughs> like, it's so real. It's so authentic and accessible because I know these, you know, I know these people, you yes. know. So it, it's, I think it's because it's part of who you are. I mean, you've got the competence in being a black woman, having been a millennial, uh, knowing New York so well, it was, you know, the, the little nuggets you dropped about New York, I'm going like, yeah, I know about that. And some things I didn't know about it felt, but it felt like you were there, you know, the, the, the nimbleness with the language and social media and all that stuff. I don't think anybody else could have written this book, but you. Thank you. And my question to you is, therefore, is own voice is still a necessary aspect of our our literature today? I I think so. I know there's been a a movement to stop calling it own voices, but I think people telling people from marginalized backgrounds telling their own stories is always going to be important. Yeah. You know, and I I, I would love the I, I love to have the idea. I think I talk about this a lot. Um, Pam was saying like, oh, I met you during when you won your Anthony Award and, and I did my Anthony Award. I gave this speech saying that we need to make diversity status quo, not a trend. Right. And so I think that's what I, I want it to be. I don't want it to be a big deal anymore. If someone gets a, like, you know, 
yeah. a black woman gets a, a, a publishing deal because it, it still is a big deal for a black yeah. woman in crime fiction to get a publishing deal. Yes. You know, and I wanted I want to be like, oh, I'm excited for Cheryl, like your your deal on just the level of being excited for Cheryl. Right. You know, versus like, oh, but also I know that your deal is going to what it means for all of us all and of what us. it's going to mean for people who we don't even know yet who are writing. That's and so that's what I, I want to get to that point. You know, and it's funny, mm -hmm. I, I started Crime Writers of Color with Walter Mosley and Gigi Pondian. But like, I want to get to a point where, where it's not needed. Like, that's yeah. my goal. That's not going to happen in our lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> but nice of you to think of it that way. I'm glad you started it. It's such a great community space, you know, and uh, that's why in the intro, I called you a community builder. You know, I think you're always looking at how to pair people together. Yeah. Uh, you're looking for, you know, people's common goals and that kind of thing. I think that I, you must just bring that with you, too. Is that just part of who you are? <laughs> you know, what's funny is that my so my maternal grandmother has um, a zone as an activist, civil rights activist in Grand Rapids, Michigan. She actually has an award my in, Grand her, cool. in Grand Rapids. Um, and my dad is actually has a gym named after him in Newark, New Jersey, because he was an activist in Newark. And so I get it on both sides of my family. And my attitude is like, if they're like, if they're, if they can be outspoken about civil rights, yeah, I can, I can definitely be outspoken about books, right? Like, yes, books. Like, I, like, I can, I can be outspoken about books if my family Absolutely. was truly yeah. outspoken about things that, um, not to downplay entertainment and media, but like, you know, into like integration and the civil rights and life or death matters, like, Right. If they can be brave enough to be outspoken about that at the That's risk right. of, you know, what they had to deal with it. I can definitely, it's no big deal for me to be like, okay, publishing's got an issue. Let's talk about books. Mm -hmm, so. mm -hmm. That's good. And I think even in your book, even though you don't heavy handedly deal with social issues, it's rife with social issues, you know, mm -hmm. class issues and police and community issues. That was a little piece in there. I, I love that. Some of your characters, I, I love Lena. I think she's really great. I, I think she's interesting to follow, you know, in her, journey, in her journey in the book. But I also like your secondary characters too. They are funny. I mean, I, even ones who have don't even have a line in the book. Like, <laughs> Mr. is his name, Mr. Buck with the Cadillac. I know that OG. <laughs> I didn't. I, you didn't even describe him, but I, I can see him in my head. I like Aunt E. I even yeah. like Aaron. So first I was going like, what the hell with Aaron? You know, yeah, <laughs> I like her. And then you see where she comes from, and then you see that she is able to, you know, she's a strange person, but she has a loyalty, right, to her friends, right? right? Yeah, you know, that was interesting to me. Yeah. And so I didn't always know how to feel about the folks, and so that was kind of a nice surprise that you did that twist and turns. Well, we got three minutes. Okay, so I want in three minutes. I want to do. <laughs> I basically only want to find out what you're doing next. What's next for Kelly Garrett author? What's next for Kelly Garrett human being? Um, so Kelly Garrett author is working on her next book. It's going to yeah. be out with Mulholland. Um, it's called Missing White Woman. Oh. And it's about um, this <laughs> woman who comes to Jersey City from Baltimore with her boyfriend for a romantic getaway. And she has an Airbnb. It's four stories. So she's on the fourth floor and she can't hear what's going on this, on the on the bottom floor. Yeah. She wakes up and she wakes up one day and comes downstairs and her boyfriend is gone. And this white woman who's been missing for a couple of days is dead in her foyer. And she doesn't know wow. what happened. And she just knows that something happened and she's got to wow. figure out what happened. So Wow. That's yeah. uh, And is it first person? It's first person. It's yeah. I actually was, um, it's based on me going 
on a writer's retreat to Baltimore, oh, staying nice. at a friend's house who was not yeah. there. And <laughs> I was being like, I was like, I could come downstairs one day and like find a dead body. And they'd be like, yeah. who's this woman? Why'd she kill somebody? Like, so that's right. where the idea came from. It's just right. me literally being at, at a friend's house. Like, this is a great house, but I don't know what's going on to yeah. right now. <laughs> and of course you find a dead white woman in the basement. You can find <laughs> one suspect for Exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. You can't be like, I don't know how she got here. Yeah. <laughs> like, you can't be like that. Yeah, you know, where are you from, ma'am? <laughs> <laughs> that's great kelly it sounds good a stand another standalone yeah yeah I people like people ask me about lena they're like oh well, what's going on with her and i, I wanted lena I like to have you. a happy ending i didn't want her like i think that's the thing that sucks about series is like you you have the happy ending and then you have to kind of put throw them back into the with the sharks yeah the book. and i wanted i wanted lena to have a happy ending so right now i'm not saying it would never i'll never revisit yeah the world because i do love the characters but i just wanted She's her to have a happy character. ending i can see her doing more and she's so smart and she's quirky, you know, and, mm -hmm. and flawed. That yeah, I would like to know more about her and to see how you know the next phase. What of her happens? Life. Yeah, what happens with her? She's about to graduate college and all that stuff. I want to know yeah. what's going yeah. on. <laughs> yeah, that's good. What about Kelly Garrett, human being? What's going on with you there? I mean, um, I wish I had a life. life. <laughs> I wish I had a life, Cheryl. I um, yeah, I'm just like here trying to handle like life, just trying to deal with the pandemic. Right. Yeah. Well, we're post-pandemic now, so you're out. Oh, are we? Everything's yeah. great. Are we? We're no, perfect. When you were traveling, did you keep your mask on all the time? Oh yeah, yeah. I um, I'm actually I I took about six COVID tests. I did not get COVID. Um, and I was surprised because wow. I was like, I was around a lot of people. You were a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah, but a lot yeah. of a lot of places took precautions of like you had to be vaccinated and yeah. masked and you know tested. So that was yeah. great. So yeah. You're going to be uh, a big muckety muck at Left Coast Crime coming up. The Toastmaster. Toastmaster. What does that mean? Do you get there? I think <laughs> I think it means I just I just say hello, welcome to Left Coast Crime. Right. And, and then the I'm like, enjoy yourselves. And then I go and drink, and everyone else has to do a bunch of other stuff. That's yeah. I, I, I that's my that's what I was told. So if I have to do more, yeah. be very. Yeah. I don't know how much time we got. So it's 1820. So I think we got about a minute and a half. So just talk to me about how you're feeling since the last time I talked to you about the the landscape, the crime writing landscape. It feels more diverse. Do you think it's getting better? I do. I think it's it's way more diverse than it's okay. been. You know, I think since the '90s, right? You know, we yeah. were, in the '90s, we were black people were hot. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I'm super excited. I mean, you have a book coming out soon. Yeah. You know, I'm so excited for, and you know, and all the, we call ourselves unicorns. So I call yeah. us unicorns, the black women mm -hmm. crime writers. Cause we're like the super supportive of each other. And a lot of us have books coming out. It's so amazing. I mean, the, on the flip side, some people can't get us confused, but um, you know, but on the other side, you know, like it's yeah. just really cool to not be the only person. Right. And to like, yeah. Oh, let's go to BoucherCon and be like, Oh, I know I'm going to see Cheryl and Tracy and Rachel and Valerie and Alexia. Like I'm going to see all these people. That's just, it's really great. You know, and having yeah. been, cause when I came out in 2017, especially with cozies, it was like, when that's how we, I call us unicorns because Rachel yeah. has a hall when she, she slid into my DMs and she was like, it's like seeing a unicorn because there were so few so black few women yeah. being published in, yeah. in crime fiction like five, yeah. six years ago. So. Yeah, we've, we've got to change that. And readers have to, and, and with books like yours and books like Rachel's yeah. and others, yeah. I think readers from all over are coming to it. So we've got 15 seconds. And I want to to say thank you to Kelly Garrett for spending time with us on Authors on the Air. Thank She's you for having me. And your book is so fabulous. And I know mm -hmm. it will also be garnering a lot of awards like the last two and 
I highly recommend it. Read it. It's really a good read and you'll enjoy it. If I can put it in the screen, <laughs> that will help. Kelly, thanks a lot. Thank you, Cheryl. Thank you, Pam. Thank you, everybody. So. <laughs> Get some rest. All right. Bye-bye. <laughs>